Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and co-hosts. Wow, good friends mm. and co-hosts. Cutting me out already. <laughs> Clint and Angie. And uh, I, I discovered something about Clint this week that I did not I did not know. And we've been friends for a good while now. Pretty close. Angie, if you had to guess, do you think Clint's bookshelf would be unorganized or organized alphabetically? Unorganized. Unorganized, right? Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Why? This dude's bookshelf no, is organized. Why? Because you, um, I would say, try to go against the grain. And so having it alpha go alphabetically would, I think, have too much order. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right there. Probably not. I wouldn't have said it as well as her, she did just <laughs> of course now. Not. But I'm, yeah, those are sort of my thoughts. His bookshelf is alphabetical. That's but, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I knew that I knew that his bookshelf was alphabetical. Um, but I thought it was just kind of a one time thing that he did. It's like, okay, it's done. I did it one time. But I just helped him move this bookshelf this past week and we had to take all the books down. And he he put them back in alphabetical order like a crazy person. <laughs> So I did not know this about Clint. So, so we, in, we serve we serve a God of order, <laughs> and I am just connecting mm -hmm. my love of order with His and working together. I like that justification. Yeah. So, how's your bookshelf organized? Oh my gosh, it's chaotic. It's there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, so it. <laughs> here's another funny thing about this podcast. I was initially um, titling the episodes based on what we kind of talked about, uh, just kind of like a trying to be, I don't know, trying to come up with something creative. And Clint messaged me and he says, Hey man, you've got to get some consistency here. You have like periods after EP on one of the episodes, you have episodes spelled out. Um, like some of your titles don't even, the font isn't even consistent, which is really surprising to me. Like I would not have guessed Those are that. Those things that that I would notice and would irk me like things like that. Yeah. And my bookshelf is organized by topic. topic so I yeah. have like Southern literature, African-American literature, poetry, and then I have like church growth, okay. uh, spiritual discipline. Like I, I have them organized by that, but my car looks like a dumpster. <laughs> so Ditto. like it, it depends Ditto. on the, where the order is. And so to me, which this is not what we're talking about today, but since you started it, uh, <laughs> The things that I use all the time are often disorganized, mm -hmm. right? So, like, um, like when you get, I might have stuff at my house just laying on a counter because I always access those things. But if it's something on like a bookshelf, which I'm going to very sparingly, um, I like it to be organized because when I do go to find something, I want to know where to look for it. Right. That's, that's this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll get started. Is in my mind, there is a pre and post bookshelf, Clint. There, there, there's just like this podcast has a pre and post Angie. There is a it. My my friend, all the knowledge I have of him will be marked pre and post bookshelf, regardless of if post bookshelf Clint is the same as pre bookshelf. Not in my mind. It just you are a vastly different person okay. now. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so this I tried week. to segue it a minute ago <laughs> into what we were talking about, but we're talking about vocation 
You just stole my line, today. dude. Well, I'm sorry. You've talked enough. No, I'm just That's fair. Uh, uh, we're talking about vocation today. and Vocation. Yeah. Vocation. Not vacation. Not vacation, vocation. which we all need after this episode. <laughs> but no, vocation. And so what do we mean when we say that word? So vocation is what you do mm-hmm. for a living. Your um, job. Yes, your job, which is going to be kind of different perspectives from us because you both work in your vocation is in the secular world and mine is not. Mm-hmm. That's actually a great, that sort of um, delineation. Yeah. What'd you just say? Compartmentalization. Are you, are you accusing saying, Angie no. of compartmentalizing? No. Sorry. Uh, that delineation of, of secular and sacred is actually a, a great point to talk about today in vocation. Because a lot of times we can, I, I say we, a lot of times I can go to work and just wonder how is this, you know, is this just a paycheck mm. I'm collecting? Am I working towards some greater good? Now, my job is a little, I can, I can sort of piece that in um, a little better than most because I, I work at the crime lab. So, you know, justice plays a big part into my job, but there are some, that's not always on the forefront, right? There are some, um, mundane tasks, paperwork, um, dealing with, uh, accreditation, all that stuff. How is, how is me doing a good job at this ultimately serving God, ultimately serving my neighbor? Yeah. And I work in, in retail and ironically enough, like part of my entire job is to, uh, sell beer, wine, and and liquor, and so in keep those Luxardo cherries, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which don't have liquor in them. So I don't know why it's my job, but it is. Uh, I guess because you use it as a mixer. But anyway, uh, so I have a job that that for a lot of conservative Christian people is like a vice, right? I'm contributing to the vice of people. I'm contributing to addiction and things like that. And so those are things that I've had to wrestle with in this job, which you might not even consider, you know, uh, and I, so I, I I empathize with the Christian waiter or bartender or things, things that, that they're just working to provide a means for their family. Um, but I think the thing I set out from the very beginning, being a Christian in this, in, in this environment is I want to be the one guy in this field, not to say that there's not anybody else, but this was my thought. I want to be the one guy in this field who has integrity Who's not trying to make uh, make money by an un, any unjust means, um, and I want to be uh, the one guy who shows people that God created these things to be enjoyed, not abused, but enjoyed, and and we can enjoy them responsibly, and and that can be a great way to have conversations with people that you wouldn't otherwise normally have. Yeah. Can I tell you a story about yourself? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So after, I love those. Yeah. (laughs) After the flood, you know, um, I found that I was drinking too much wine. So the, the, how I initially met Clint, cause he was my wine guy <laughs> and there was a very specific Pinot Noir that, that is my favorite because it's, it's made where I grew up in Oregon. And, um, when I came in, it had probably been, I don't know, three or four months since I had been in, in the store. 
And Clint saw me and he was like, hey, where have you been? I'm, I'm sure his stock had like slowed down. <laughs> and he's like, hey, where have you been? And and I told him, you know, I realized I would like after the flood, the stress of it, I realized that I had started drinking too much wine and I really needed to cut that out for a while. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that a lot in the store since the flood. Good for you. Didn't have any judgment, didn't worry about his bottom line. He was genuinely like good for you for for catching that. So I think your your vocation while might be criticized by some you really have done that with integrity and that's before we actually knew each other like i don't even know that we knew each other's names at that point right that's awesome so is the volume down no you're good okay um so i guess that brings up an interesting point of you know we've talked about sort of the highlights of our of our jobs but but what about when we experience burnout what about when we experience like going to work is a grind? Yeah, and I kind of want to hear Angela's perspective on that because as someone whose whose job is uh, whose vocation is uh, in the ministry mm-hmm. from a from a sacred standpoint, um, burnout still happens to those people. Mm-hmm. And so there, it, you know, what are your what is your, what are your emotions and things like that when you go through that? Yeah, I would say, number one, you know, I've only been in full-time ministry for less than five years. Um, So before that, I did work secular jobs while serving the church. Uh, So I've experienced burnout in the secular world as Mm. well as in the church world. Um, In the secular world, I I was working a job that were not in line with my gifts. So I think that's an important distinction Mm. to make with vocation is that we can do secular jobs um, and find satisfaction in serving God in our workplace, mm-hmm. how we bless our coworkers, how we how we are the presence of God in those spaces. Um, but I think that there's a certain desire for us to be doing something that utilizes our natural gifts. Yeah, for sure. Whether that's in sales because you're great with people, um, whether that's in retail because you're great at what you do in that in that area. Um, I was doing something, I'm not detail oriented and I was doing bookkeeping and things that like <laughs> completely exhaust and drain me at all times. Those so, books were in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself, I found myself <clears throat> depressed, you know, working yep. in that vocation because it just was not in line with how I was designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would say for vocation, whether it's secular or in the church, that if we're not doing something within our gifts, that we either need to find a way to use our gifts in those positions. If we don't have any other options, how can my gifts come into play here? Or we need to find something that uses our gifts. It, mm. it may not pay you anymore. It may be, you know, and and a job that still doesn't have benefits, but it may at least give you some joy in feeling like I'm I'm using how I was designed and, and go from there. And the church side of things, uh, burnout, and I would say right now, I know so many pastors that are experiencing burnout Mm -hmm. after this last year. 2020, man. 2020 rocked the United States. And as pastors, we kind of carry that tension for our people, no matter what side of the fence you landed on in 2020, we carry that tension for everybody and 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 we're trying to make decisions. And there's so many people in leadership that are experiencing that same thing. But I, I just know so many pastors that are burned out right now having to transition ministry into a new environment um, that they just weren't prepared for. Um, 
But usually what I find when you get to that burnout point is where spiritual discipline mm-hmm. isn't really in place. Well, that's a great, yeah, that's a great, uh, so there could be an indication that if there's burnout that there is something, there's something on our end that's lacking. Maybe acceptance, maybe intolerance. Yeah, not um, not always because I don't want to make it sound like just right, because right, right, right. that you have that uh, it's your holy fault. people. No, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like holy people don't go through hard things. So I don't want to. Right. Uh, but I do find that when when we get hit really hard with hard things, we tend to draw back. Absolutely, I know that's true for me. Yeah, yeah, and so we try to like hold ourselves away from things and or or respond to them and so I, I think when we're in that kind of natural reaction mode we're not always practicing good spiritual discipline yeah and so then we which then inevitably leads to burnout yeah I know that's true for me um, you know this past year I was promoted to uh, a supervisor at the crime lab and uh, <laughs> I, we've talked in the past about how, I, I can go to food for for coping mechanism, and I've gained like 25 pounds, I think, in the first five months of uh, getting this job, which is insane. It's an insane amount of weight to gain. Uh, but I noticed that I wasn't praying as much. Um, I noticed uh, I wasn't reading my Bible as much. And look, th- these are things for me that we're lacking. I'm not, I'm not trying to put this on anybody else, but I noticed that these disciplines were absent where they used to be present mm-hmm. um, while I was going through this time. And I think if I could have, if I could have uh, offered myself any advice and look, I'm, I'm offering myself the same advice today is in those moments where I don't want to pray. I don't see merit in what I'm any spiritual merit in what I'm doing at my job to tell myself that it's just not true. Um, I am serving my neighbor and in so doing serving my God at my job. And it's not just because I work at the crime lab. Uh, any, any job that, that a, a person has, um, has the ability to serve their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and to serve God then. Because, absolutely. Because they're serving their neighbor. That's exactly right. Um, I think of, you know, Luther, he called, um, he called vocation or jobs the masks of God, mm. um, because when we go to people in service, in 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 giving excellent service of our jobs, even if we hate it, right? Even if we're having a terrible time at our job, we can still uh, be a uh, we can still be the face of God for someone. Like for your job, where you provide sustenance, um, you're you know you work at a, a grocery store. Mm-hmm. That that has ties to a loving Creator who um, blesses His people with food and and drink, yeah. and um, and so it's it's a ma- any profession has that ability to be a mask of God. Um, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, that is a ma- you are a mask of God to your children. Um, yeah, no matter what you do, and and we made the delineation between secular and sacred because Angela works for a church right. and we don't. But in, I think we would all agree that vocation doesn't separate those things, mm-hmm. but it marries them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so there is no s- secular and sacred in right. my mind now. It's right. all sacred. So yes. I, yeah, so exactly. And what that, so what, what 
that what having a a robust idea of of work mm. and a, a a foundational view of it what that does is it doesn't diminish the sacred mm-hmm. it elevates the secular right mm. to a level of sacred so we can go into our jobs no matter how mundane no matter how much we feel like we don't get paid enough or uh how much we feel like oh this job is just serving to pay the bills so that I can do the things that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. No matter that we can clock in or, or walk into the office and, and do God's work mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And, and, and I look, I fail to do that a lot. I right. walk in and get overwhelmed by how much I have to do today or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. And, and I'm sure you see some of the hard work you've done and maybe justice isn't served in the way that you want it to be mm-hmm. or, um, or you just see terrible things happening to people. That's the, that's the reality. That's more. the, re- yeah, yeah, you see, you're doing justice. You're bringing earthly justice, but you hate seeing it keep continue. The, it just wave on wave, right. Of evil mm-hmm. that you deal with. And, 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 and Angela, uh, I mean, I can't empathize so much with the secular side. I mean, the sacred side of what you do because I'm, I'm not involved in it, but, um, yeah, we can we can go into those things every day, no matter what faced us. We can overcome them. Yeah, yeah, Barbara Brown Taylor has a great book called Altar in the World, and she talks about making altars in in our everyday spaces mm-hmm. um, and finding ways. And that's one of the things I say in church all the time is that we want to make an impact where we live, work, and play. So, where we live, where we work, and where we play should look different because we're there. That's right. Yeah, where wherever we are. Um, we can bring light into those circles. We can, and, and it's, it, we don't have, I like what you, it kind of goes back to what you said about not compartmentalizing, mm-hmm. being who we are and who we were made to be in every situation of our life, in every corner of our life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The fact that wherever we are is sacred because we're there. So, and yeah. We're, and I love seeing it that way. We're ambassadors. That, that, I, that quote from Luther about being masks of God mm-hmm. is, is, is a, a very apropos for our current situation. So, uh, you know, when you don your mask before you go to work, yeah, just view it as, as you're being the mask of God. And I can get so tied up into my job, just being a paycheck. Mm -hmm. I've, I've said that before I work here cause, um, cause there are things you would rather be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, our, my boss, she's, uh, she's pretty good at asking us why we come to work every day and that being like a a centerpiece. Like we have a, we have something at work where we all wrote down our why we came in and it took me a while because honestly it, I saw this job as a paycheck for me, but what this conversation is helping me, helping me see is that my job's not just a paycheck, but I can actually serve, not only serve the people that, you know, evidence is coming in, that sort of thing, but actually serving the people next to me in the DNA unit um, at the crime lab um, to actually go about my day caring for others and serving them in, in, in the best way I can. Yeah. And that elevates the job far more than a paycheck when I can see that I'm, I'm actually being of service to my neighbor, mm-hmm. um, just in kindness, in, um, in treating them with integrity and, in, you know, just living life amongst them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then just as to briefly flip that on the other side, when we don't do those things, the negative attention that we're bringing to our faith mm-hmm. uh, and things like that, as as the masks of God to the world, when we when we go in and we and we don't we have negative attitudes, we don't have uh, we don't view what we do as as sacred. Um, we don't view people as sacred. Yeah, mm. when we don't view yeah, and when we treat our coworkers poorly, and so on and so forth, we are having a negative. We're we're giving we're hurting the reputation of God, mm. Mm. and I don't mean that in a, like a law sense, like oh you better straighten up because right. God's <laughs> reputation is at stake. Yeah, but that that should and I would never like tell somebody that, but hopefully by hearing this and it certainly served that way for me, it's a reminder mm. to cons- reconsider. Yeah, your your attitudes and your outlook at your at your job um, because of that. Mm. Yeah, and then and hopefully you know overcome those things in the future. You might be the only glimpse of Jesus that someone's going to get that day. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. And that's what we want to do today. We want to get rid of the sacred and the secular and only see the sacred and uh, serve our neighbor uh, and, and in so doing, serve our God. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.